What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another half hour or hour of rock talk here on the Ark of Rock. Yes, I know this is uh, the third time in the last a little under a week that I've done an episode, but uh, I'm, I've told myself I'm going to be more active on this thing, and I got had a lot of ideas that I'm putting forward, starting with tonight for the first time ever in the history of this podcast. I have a guest and who better to have as the first guest on this podcast who has been a staple guest in Killing Time Productions network history. He's like Don Rickles to Johnny Carson. He's literally you can you can never you never fail you with me tonight to discuss top 5 most underrated guitarists of all time. With me tonight is my father, Mr. Thomas Cornelius. How you doing tonight? I'm great, son. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm feeling good. It was a good day at work. It felt great outside. Uh, it feels wonderful. Oh, man. Yes. I didn't die in my sleep last night due to the windstorm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, listen, I've lived here a long time, and they were telling me the wind was going to kill us. I was like, shut the fuck up, Travis Meyer. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. There ain't no damn windstorm going to kill every, anybody. No. I slept right no, through no. it. Now, my white car was was like completely lo- covered in, in dirt this morning. Yeah, you know, like I had to I had to clean the windows like you know multiple times. But uh, you know, other than that, my car was fucking no filthy. I drive a white Nissan Altima. That shit was fucking dirty as hell. And I, I almost got mad for a second because I was just like, God damn it, it was spotless. I just got I just had it cleaned not long ago, so it was still clean. And. uh but anyway, no, it was, yeah, it was fucking, it was like 1880 Oklahoma last night, up to 80 mile per hour wind gusts. I mean, I'm surprised this fucking house didn't blow over that we're in over here, but, you know, hey, it's been around since the 60s, so it's probably seen worse, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But did it get, so it didn't get crazy over there? I mean, I never even heard the wind. I don't know, man, because we, I have two fans going that make noise. I'm watching TV. I'm I'm listening to uh to uh synthetic thunder and rain, so I I have no idea what's going on outside. Well, we have we have good good seals on our window, so I, I don't I don't know what's up. I didn't hear anything. I mean, hey, look, if you die in your sleep due to a natural disaster, what the fuck are you gonna do? Right. I mean, like Cam was like, "What are we gonna do?" And I was like, "Well, what the fuck are we gonna do?" I was like, "What you want me to go fight the tornado while you and Jarv escape out of here?" I was like, "There's no real way to get away from it unless you go underground." And I'm just like, "I was like, listen, any building will get destroyed or flattened by a fucking tornado. It's not like you know, just because a house is built sturdier than the other, they won't both get flattened." Right. But, you know, this isn't a, a weather podcast, so let's get away from that. Um, anyway, uh, everybody, today we are going to discuss... We're going to start doing this. Me and uh, my dad and my brothers, we did top five of everything, but, like, mostly a lot of rock stuff because we, and you know, inspired from the That Metal Show top five. Uh, we're going to do a top five of our own. And here at the Ark of Rock, we are not, uh, you know hard rock heavy metal only it is rock whatever falls within the parameters of rock in in some way you know i'm not saying that metal show wasn't you know good or anything i'm just saying you know i feel i feel like this is a good way to broaden it a little bit more because i remember always thinking on some of their lists that uh 
you know, there were some bands that got left off just because they aren't considered hard rock heavy metal, you know what I mean? Right. Like, I remember they did top uh, top five uh, three-piece bands, and I'm just like, how do you do that without, like, having the police on there and fucking, you know... I mean, I, th- I they actually might have had them on there, now that I think about it. I mean, you know, bad example, but still... You know, but a band like the police would usually not fall within those parameters. But here they do because obviously you can hear the influence. But anyway, today we're going to do top five most underrated guitarists of all time. And then we're going to do a top five overrated at the end off the top of our heads. But anyway, uh, Dad, starting from five, we'll go back and forth. You do your five, I'll do mine and so on and so forth. You go first. Uh, Who's your number five and why? Oh, wow. You know, um, I, to be honest with you, when I compiled my list, I, I really didn't put it in, in, in order. Well, um, do you have a definitive number one? You know, I, I, not that I can go, you know what, uh, this is crazy. You know, no, I, I really don't. <laughs> I think people, Why aren't people oh, talking about him? Exactly. No, no, no nothing, nothing explodes on it like that. I mean, you know, people have actually heard of all these people, but... Uh, they just I don't think they, they don't get the play they don't get the uh, the the pop they don't get the uh, you know hey all right uh, at that you know um, at a lot of other, other their names are usually le- their their names are left out they get left out yeah but um but I, I I'm gonna start with this one and um it's one of my actual, absolute favorite bands and uh and this dude is um I mean. You know, uh, the mighty James Hetfield is, uh, is 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 the best rhythm guitar player in metal or rock, whatever rock or hard rock, metal, whatever music. In my opinion, uh, but this guy right here is severely slept on, and and I'm going with Rob Flynn, uh, head the singer and uh, rhythm guitar player for for a Machine Head. Ooh, good pick. And you know what? That's a great pick. I remember he sent me his top five earlier. And uh, I remember seeing that name specifically, and I was like, you know what? That's a great i. That's a great one because like, when I sit down and think about it, and like, look, there's a lot of guys from metal specifically. Like, I tried not to pick too many from metal because I think there's a reason why guys in metal are under are underrated. It's just because like it's obvious at how great they are. It's hard to distinguish who's better between the two. You know what I mean? It's hard yeah. between some of those metal bands to be like, yeah, Suffocation's guitar player is good, but goddamn, the guitar player from Dying Fetus is just, like, on another level. And I'm just like, is he really? Because they're both pretty fucking out of my... Like, it blows my mind. So I try to keep a lot of those. But with Rob Flynn, Machine Head's got a lot of groove to it. And, like, if you really think about it, they're rhythm-driven. They're not driven by crazy guitar solos. And they do have great ones. But they're rhythm-driven. And, like, so I can just... I can name ten riffs by them right now and tell you that Rob Flynn's a bad motherfucker. And he's a that's a great comparison to James Hetfield because, like, I don't think Flynn solos at all, does he? No. No. It's the greatest gig in music. Yes. All right. Okay, so, uh... For me, my number five... Um, and I know I just said this about metal, but I mean, this isn't, this, I'm picking this guy because I believe him to be the arguably in metal, in the, in the genre of metal. And, you know, you can dispute this and, you know, maybe even I could dispute it with myself if I really sat down and thought about it. But to me, this guy is arguably 
And, you know, it sucks to only pick him, but I only pick him because I think he's the better of the two, even though it's usually in a tandem. But I think this guy's the second most important guitar player in metal history, specifically because you can see how many guys he influenced with his style. And he's a bad motherfucker, rhythm and lead. My number five is Glenn Tipton from Judas Priest. I think he is criminal. And you know what? K.K. Downing is too, but I think Glenn's better. You know what I mean? I think Glenn's the little better of the two, but I do think that they're a a two-punch combo. Like, they're great together. They're great tandem, but I think Glenn is criminally underrated as far as uh, getting his credit for being a founding father of the sound of modern metal. Because to me, Black Sabbath made metal possible. But Judas Priest created the modern sound of metal to me like ever since priest you heard all those early thrash metal bands they wanted to be priest they wanted to sound like that judas priest Priest is a is a uh they're they're loved i mean i mean they even do distant aggressor (laughs) you know yeah um, i mean it's just like uh to me it's just judas priest is the second most important metal band of all time to me they're number two behind sabbath but as far as who's the most important metal band ever for developing a modern sound, it's Judas Priest. The melody, the harmony, the the, the just how fucking and they've evolved over the years into a great modern metal band. Like they don't sound like a '70s metal band. They sound modern as shit. Their new stuff is fresh. And uh, Glenn Tipton still got it, and he's got one of the best sets of hair in the fucking game. Go look him up. He's got a great head of hair for an almost 70 year old man. So, uh, I'm going with Glenn Tipton. Good call. Alright, Dad, number four, who you got? Okay. Um, I'm going, um, uh, like, uh, it's new metal, um, but it's a little older. Um, and, and I'm going to go with uh, Darren uh, Malakian. Um, he's from System of a Down and Scars on Broadway. Those are the two bands he plays for. But, um, you know, if you haven't heard Darren, he's got a... And it's like a... It's, he's, the only way I can describe it is his guitar style. It's, it's uh, Eastern European. That's how it sounds. Because I mean, he's Armenian. He's an Armenian-American. But uh, You can tell how much uh, he loved the guys from Slayer, though, too, the way he plays. But it does have, like, that fucking that crazy you're right it's it's ethnic it's got an ethnic sound to it and it sounds it makes it sound evil oh you're right darren's a bad motherfucker and he's a one man like fucking bomb one man bomb i mean he does you know he's um i mean i feel he's just as talented you know as uh oh oh man uh damn it from uh from uh Rage Against the Machine. Uh, Tom Morello. Tom Morello. How can I forget him? You know, Tom is he 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 goes all different. He uses the whole damn guitar. He makes noise on the damn neck. He makes noise everywhere on that guitar. And Darren is just. I mean, you don't you don't know what what sounds gonna come out of the guitar next. I mean, I I just feel you know they're not a mainstream kind of band and uh you know he just doesn't get the credit that he's not to mention he's a badass singer too he is you know what i think it is honestly and it it is it is why he is underrated system of a down has never had a huge president presence in america their music has but they haven't played a lot in america they don't they play overseas and in canada and mexico a lot they hardly ever play in the united states and they never have Uh, they played in uh, los angeles clubs 
in the uh, in the late nineties, whenever Rick Rubin found him. But like other than that, when they got big, they they they're a worldwide band. They're almost kind of like a Rammstein. We're like. You know, no. You're, like, if you talk to some fucking white guy at a gas station about Rammstein, you know what I'm saying, and he's gonna punch you in the fucking face if you show him a picture <laughs> of him. He's gonna punch, he's gonna call you a fag. He's gonna kick you. He's gonna fucking call the cops on you if you talk about them and show. And then you play Rammstein around like you know a group of guys in diesel trucks at Sonic. They're he's, they're gonna kick your ass and lynch you. They don't care what you look like. You go play that shit around him. You turn that Nazi shit off, son of a bitch. Like, you know, so, but like, system of a down, now, and like, you know, uh, and, and like, I'm not saying that they haven't been big in America, because their record sales would say otherwise, I'm just saying touring-wise, first of all, they haven't done a lot of touring in their life, also, do you realize that? They, they, they really, like, it collectively, if you put all the years they've been together and toured, I bet it's under 10 for sure. Well, they, they do festivals. Yeah, every once in a while, because they broke up because apparently the four of them have a hard time getting along, which, uh, where have you heard that before? Right. I was listening to The Drummer, which, shout out to the podcast that inspired me to do this podcast, uh, Dean Del Rey's Let There Be Talk. Um, he had The Drummer, which I think his name is, uh, John, um, fuck, John, isn't it John something? Ah, I'm sorry, I can't remember. But the drummer, he's a bad motherfucker. He's an underrated drummer. He was uh, talking about uh, um, how he was the one that was always like, why don't we, like, who gives a fuck about all this? Let's just write new music and just keep playing and shit. Because, like, they always... It was always, you know, it's just kind of like the same story with Rage Against the Machine. How, uh, you know, I think uh, either fucking uh, Serge or Darren wanted to be political activists... And the other half of the band was like, why don't we play music like we have... You know what I mean? It's just... Yeah. When you live that life and you're real and you're doing it, I mean, that's a calling. That And once you get a platform that big, I mean, I imagine if you're real and legit about it, you're going to use it and be like, why would I keep playing music? I've gotten to where I want to get so I can spread my message. And you know what? I respect that. So, uh... Yeah. I, but, you know, I think... I mean, it, at least they're, he's, they're real about it. I mean, fucking uh, Zach uh, De La Roca... From uh, Raging Against the Machine, he's like, fuck that shit. Fuck this corporate bullshit. I'm going to fucking Brazil, and I'm going to march in the streets with those crazy motherfuckers getting attacked by machetes and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's real about it. He's like, fuck that. I don't... Because here's the thing. Bands only get back together for what, Dad? Money. Money. They only get back together for money. And do you... And, like, when you're a guy like Zach De La Roca, you don't give a fuck about money. That was never about that. You know what I mean? Nope. And I'm not, like, criticizing the guys in Rage Against the Machine that, you know, went on to keep playing music. I mean, some guys want to spread their message that way. But, I mean, whenever you're a political activist, you ain't putting albums out every two years. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's... So, but I think that's a big reason why System of a Down in general is just, like, super... Like, if, for, if people that know them, they get it. But I don't... I wouldn't say, the like, the everyday person knows of them and could name something by them you know what i mean i bet they're looked i bet a lot of the people in the country don't like them either for the shit they talk about yes but i think that's what you got all right so great pick by the way i've always thought i've always shared that belief so with me i'm gonna go in another direction 
So, with me, one of the biggest bands ever. One, just like... And, and this guy, he got his start with this band. Helped deliver, I believe, th- three or four of the greatest albums ever made. Went on to be a great studio musician through the 80s. Lived the rock star's life to, to this day. And is still getting fucked by the band that replaced him. And probably won't ever let him come back. I'm talking about Don Felder. The man who really... Like, when you hear the Hotel California solo people, that's fucking Don Felder. Joe Walsh doesn't even come in until halfway through. It's fucking Don Felder. And no one ever fucking talks about him. Don Felder turned that band, well, with the help of Joe Walsh, he, they turned that fucking band into a rocking band instead of a fucking western country rock band. Like fucking, uh, that one band that they stole Randy Meisner from, and then the big Indian... Uh, Timothy Leary, not Timothy Leary, Timothy B, <sighs> Timothy B. Schmidt. Yeah, <laughs> Timothy Leary. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, what, was, what was the name of Pogo? Poco, that's the name of the band. Like, that's, that's like, it's good. It's almost like Flying Burrito Brothers, which I love that shit. But, like, when Don Felder and Joe Walsh joined the band, like, then... But guess what? Joe Walsh was just a bigger personality, so he got all the fucking attention and the love and the credit. Don Felder's a better guitar player. He is. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes. Dad, Don Felder also played banjo. He played mandolin. He played fucking everything, and he was a great singer. Did you know that he played... Not not multitaskers, Jared. Yeah, as I'm saying strict guitar playing. Joe Walsh is one of the best ever. Don Felder's better overall. No, I, 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 no, he's not. See, but anyway, all I'm saying is Don Felder would go on. Uh, did he? He played guitar on most of uh, the Saturday Night Fever album. If you didn't know, uh, he also did a lot of stuff for Donna Summers and a lot of got people throughout the '80s as well as his own solo stuff. I'm not, I, I'm, I didn't. I, I'm not saying that he's not a great, underrated guitar player. I, I mean, I agree with you. That that's a, that was a good one. That's a really good one. I actually thought you were going the way the way it sounded like. I thought you were going Dave Mustaine for a minute, and but no. okay, no, 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 no. no. Uh, I, uh, that's, that's a good call. That's a definitely definitely a good call, and uh, we we can have another we can have a debate on who's better uh, uh, some other time. But uh, I, I this I'll agree with you. Definitely, he's under definitely underrated. I mean, yeah. I mean, what, what, do do you put Hotel California solo anywhere near the top five? Like it's just a classic, isn't it? It's one of the greatest yeah. ever. Feeling that that's fucking Don Felder. The classic line that everybody knows from that solo is him. Now, okay, now look, I'm gonna, st- I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna walk backwards and I'm gonna reevaluate what I said about him over Joe Walsh because Joe Walsh is a bad motherfucker, and I'm not saying that. I'm just saying Don Felder was the lead guitar player over Joe Walsh. Go listen to all that fucking music. Don Felder was the lead guitar player. Joe Walsh was did a lot of... Like, he did guitar solos and filled in a lot, too. But he was just like a fucking character. He's doing goofy faces. He's talking to the crowd in that goofy voice of his. You know what I'm saying? Don Felder's just standing over there fucking high out of his mind on cocaine. High out of his mind. 
staring at his hands so he doesn't pass out, just playing like his life depends on it. Don Felder has never gotten love or credit from anybody because fucking Don Henley and Glenn Fry were cunts in the 80s and 90s whenever he turned they, they turned the Eagles into a corporation and they cut their hair and they got put suits on. And when Don Felder showed up, he was like, we're back! The band's back! And then they told him to get a haircut. And that's when he was like, what the fuck? That's during the Hell uh, Freezes Over tour. Like, they fucking told Don Don Felder to hit the fucking road because Don Felder was still partying. Like, it was Hotel California days. So, like, he's never gotten any love. He was blacklisted because of fucking them. And they didn't let him come back until, you know... I don't think they've ever let him come back. Maybe during the uh, early 2000s, but whenever they reunited for the Hall of Fame... Nah, it was Randy Meisner they left out. They really fucking told him to hit the road. But, uh, anyway... As you can see how passionate I am about it, I feel really strongly about that pick. I'm, I'm taking Don Felder at four. I'll agree with you. Absolutely. All right. Go ahead. What's your number three? I'm going to – I'm kind of like going to – well, now this one eh, – I mean, it's still in the same realm of, you know, the rock, hard rock, metal. But uh, I happen to have the – uh, I, I had the good luck and the for good fortune to uh, be able to watch, to be able to go see this next band, uh, this person play, and uh, it opened my eyes. And, and and I'm and I'm trying to think why is this person never talked about? Um, and that's Lizzie Hale from Hailstorm. She is bad. She's bad as fuck. She's really good. Very underrated. I mean, and, and she sings too. And I, I mean, I just like uh, when a when a lead guitar player. Also sings. I, I give them. I give them much more kudos and props. You know, it's hard to do. It's hard to do. I mean, Jesus Christ! When you think of like guys like Hendrix, he fucking he didn't play like normal chords. He fucking soloed the entire time he sang. That's why probably a lot of those let live footage is hard to like. It's, it's just it's because he's like it's like I bet he couldn't remember half the time of what he played originally on that song. But Lizzie Hale. Not only can she fucking... She can sing. She, she's a bad... She could sing any kind of music she wanted to. She's got a beautiful voice, but it, she's also got a yep. badass voice. And badass guitar player, and I love her guitars. That Red Explorer was fucking scrumptious. Well, I was just gonna, her, her, her new uh, um, uh, Explorer guitar, that's, that's fucking pretty cool, too. Like, I definitely... Like, the other guitar player was good, but I definitely noticed her more. Whenever they yes. played, like she was incredible. She and you know what? It's a great open your eyes is great because like I didn't even know she played guitar. Like I I'd listened to her for years and I didn't know she played. And she played the entire fucking night. And then she got a piano out and sang some fucking pop song or whatever. Yep. You know that was cool and all. You know, but like the way they opened up that fucking concert. Whenever she was screaming and shit and like the drums are pounding. The Tulsa Theater. That's a great venue. Yes. But uh, Lizzie Hale, that's a great pick. But yeah, I, 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 she, she needs a little, uh, a little uh, mention. Well, there you go, Lizzie Hale. Uh, did you know that Cam has gotten her to tweet back to her like on three different occasions? Well, I don't think it's her. I bet, I bet it's her first no. agent. No, I'm telling you, well, Lizzie Hale, like, the thing is, like, usually I would agree with you, but her Twitter account really isn't that big. 
Like, it's not like she has millions of followers. Like, she tweets uh, pictures and stuff all the time backstage from shows. And Cam, will co- Cam, I think, commented on one of her photos and was like, You're so beautiful. I love you so much. And she kind of... And, re- and she replied. And then... And she doesn't... It's not like this account does it to everybody. It's actually her. I'm telling you. And then, like, after we went and saw her, all of us, me, you, Mom, and Cam... Uh, Cam tweeted and added her in it and was like, I just saw Lizzie Hale and it was a life-changing experience. She's one of my favorites. She's so badass. And she commented and she said, uh, like, thank you so much or whatever. But that was like the third time she's replied to Cam on Twitter. So that's pretty cool. Cam's a big uh, Hailstorm fan If uh, for the fans at home. Anyway, all right, moving on. So, you know, I'm not going to lie. My number three, I'm going to change it. Um, I was going to talk about Richie Blackmore, but uh, fuck that guy. I'm not putting him at three. Uh, I think everybody knows he's good, but fuck him. At number three for me, uh, you know, you there's like three or four guys from this band all time that you could put in there just because you never hear about any of them until, unless you talk about the band as a whole. Um, this guy is one of the best lead guitar players of all time. He's up there with Angus Young. Uh, the best of the best, um, and you never hear anybody talk about this guy or any of them for for that instance. But uh, and he played in one of the best bands of all time. That's right, one of the best bands ever. Never gets any recognition, probably because the three guitar assault was so fucking deadly. You couldn't even you couldn't you couldn't hang with it. So for me, I'm put, taking Alan Collins from Le- Leonard Skinnerd, the lead guitar player for Leonard Skinnerd at three. One of the you never hear shit about him, and again, one of the greatest guitar solos. He's got, how many guitar solos does that guy fucking have that could be up there with the, the Freebird? It's the most like whenever people make like do mimic guitar solos, they're doing Freebird. They don't even know it. That's a fucking. I'm telling you. Alan Collins and Gary Rosington's a bad motherfucker. He's my favorite in the band. Uh, Ed King was good, and then fucking uh, Steve Gaines, who was only in the band for a little under a year. He's one of the most underrated guitar players ever, too. But he had such a short-lived career. Alan Collins was around for a while, and I just feel like he never got any fucking love. So I'm definitely I'm putting him at three. And uh, yeah, Alan Collins from Leonard Skinner at three. Dad, who's your two? Um, well, let's see here. I, uh, I actually, I actually did six. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm going to pick, uh, I'm going to go with Vernon Reed from In the Living Cold. Vernon Reed? Yes. Hey. Uh, cult of personalities guitar solos like all four of them are fucking out of this like there's, there's it's almost like alright we get it good you know what I mean I mean I, I, the introduction to that song that, that riff I mean I love it that's a great always have he's just, he just a smooth dude he's, I, I love him and you know and what really a lot of their early stuff cause like I remember like everybody always says they only have one good song that is such fucking bullshit you, they've got a lot of great music in uh, Living Color does 
Uh, their first couple yeah. albums are fucking incredible. The Cult of Personality is just so good that it overshadows everything. Like, it's literally close as close to being a perfect song as there is. You know, it's great. The riff, the solos, the the singing, uh, the, the chorus, the verses, everything. It's such a, it's a fun song to sing along to. And that guy, yeah, he's he's fucking incredible. Uh, they um they they actually they they started um they disbanded actually in 1995 and uh, they got back together a little while later um, and released, believe it or not they released three uh, studio albums since then the latest being uh, Shade which I haven't heard Shade but uh, I'm I'm gonna listen I'm gonna take a listen to it and I would uh, I would uh, strongly recommend that everyone else. Uh, you know, take a take a take a gander, take a listen. Just some, uh, you know, if you if you just want to hear something different uh, and uh, something good, <laughs> check out Vernon Reed. And you know what? There's not a lot like the band, like with their music. Like there's they're su- they're really unique. Like you know, uh, they all, they have the uh, they have a uh, blend like punk. They have like uh, in, you can tell the they have inspiration. They draw inspiration from like punk metal hip-hop classic rock like all sorts of shit like even 80s music like you can totally tell and they do such a great job of blending it if i could recommend a song i would recommend the song uh when love real uh, rears its ugly head fantastic fucking song i would uh i would check that out it's super funky that's another thing they you can see they have a lot of funk influences but that song's funky as shit so that's a great one um, I honestly, I, if I was being honest, I probably somebody asked me for fi- for five thousand dollars what the, that guy's name was before that. I couldn't have told him, so that's a good pick. Um, <laughs> and okay, so for me, number two, this fucking guy. I'm standing up for this one because I'm ready to fight Dad on this because I don't know what he's gonna say. Okay. Number two for me. This fucking guy. Go look it up. He influenced all of the best metal guitar players. Of the 80s, and so on and so forth, because of his wild fucking attack on the guitar. He's the wild axe man himself. The German blonde-haired fucking blue-eyed crazy demon, Michael Shanker, UFO, Scorpions, Michael Shanker Group, Michael Shanker Band, all of that shit. Assault on the... I can't even fucking contain myself. Some of his guitar solos make me want to put my fucking head through a wall. Fucking look it up. Look it up, rock bottom. Doctor, doctor. Fucking... Oh, my God. I'm telling you. Dad is... I used to hate him because of Eddie Trunk. I'm not going to lie. I wouldn't even give him a chance. But UFO is so fucking good. I would never tell him that to his face, though. But they are so fucking good. They got one of the best live albums ever. And if you really want to go on a fucking psychological throw ride, go listen to... What's the name of the album? Uh, Strangers in the Night... Oh, yeah. Go check out that album and listen to Rock Bottom Live on that. If you want to fucking go on a psychological thrill ride that'll change your fucking view on the world, Michael Shanker, look him up. Look him up! He also was on one album with the Scorpions. Animal, uh, not Animal Magnetism. He was on Love Drive, 1979. It's the album where the guy's hand is, like, stuck to the girl's tit as he's pulling it away. Great fucking album. Go look it up! His brother's also in the band. He's good, too. All right, Dad. Nice. <laughs> thoughts, right. thoughts, opinions. Are we, are we, 
No, what do you think? You, you agree with Michael Schenker or what? <laughs> Michael Schenker is uh, actually on another list of mine, so uh, that'll be for another day, too. Oh, you shut the hell up. I strongly disagree with you, but but I mean, that, that's, that's your list. You fucking... Oh, you're out of your mind. Rock bottom, rock bottom, rock bottom. I'm gonna stand up again. He's fucking incredible. He's better than anybody that's ever played in the Scorpions, besides maybe Uli John Roth, maybe. <laughs> and you love the Scorpions. I know, and I, I, I like uh, Matthias Yabs and, uh, and and his brother. <laughs> He's better than his brother. His brother's not even a lead guitar player. No, Rudolph is fucking awesome. I'm just, I'm not gonna. I just, I refuse to let you, let you, you let you sour my my second pick because I think this right here. <laughs> What if, all I said was respectfully that he's on another list of mine. I didn't say what list, but I uh, but he's on another list that I that I have. So he's on another list. All right. Okay. All right. Last but not least. Wait. Do you have two more or one more? I have one more. Okay, I do too. Actually, I, 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 actually, I'm changing. I'm changing up. I was gonna say Steve Stevens, which uh, he was a. Uh, um. Billy Idol's longtime, he still is Billy Idol's guitar player. Mm -hmm. The dude is awesome. And a little known tidbit, uh, Steve Stevens actually does the lead in uh, the Top Gun theme. Uh, Danger Zone? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. And, he's uh, got I mean, a cool he's sound. Just, he's a cool dude. That's, uh, I was going to say him, but uh, I'll be honest with you. After thinking about it... Um, I'm going to go with Brian May. Oh, good pick. Because fucking Brian May and the rest of but well, he was the he was the main songwriter in that fucking band. And uh I mean music wise. Not lyrically, of course. Uh and unique sound. They did Flash Gordon. They did a fucking uh, they did a, a, a soundtrack. And it, and I you could listen to any of those songs on the radio. It was fucking awesome. He just yes. and, and the sound the sound that he has on his guitar. He's uh he's heavy at times without having to be heavy. Um, he's got oh he's the Beethoven good. of guitar. He's Beethoven. He's like fucking Mozart. That's who he is. He it's like people people don't people don't uh, acknowledge him enough. It's all about Freddie Mercury. You ask who's in Queen? Freddie Mercury. They have no idea who John Deacon is or who Roger uh, Taylor is. You got Roger so, Taylor. Uh, he's a bad motherfucker yeah, on drums. Absolutely, yes. Honestly, as a four, all four of them are like respectfully in their fields. Like you know, they're great. Like all, like there's not a there's no fat on Queen. Like they're all fucking good. John Deacon was a bad motherfucker on bass. Roger Taylor was a monster on drums, and Brian May was like if you gave a fucking rocket scientist a guitar and he learned how to play and like you know what I'm saying that's all it is you throw, throw, uh, throw Freddie on the fucking Diana and he's fucking great fuck it you know what name a there are women that couldn't hit as many uh, notes on the scale as Freddie Mercury so yeah them as a band like it's a shame that they were cut short because I think they would thrive in the modern world I think I would have loved what, a, what, the, what they would have kept doing you know what I mean but that's a good one I mean, you know, let's just let's just can you imagine how 
like the uh, the the LBGTQ community would. I mean, Queen would, would be their would be their fucking uh, their champion. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, but you know what? I have a question. I have a question. There's another gay LGBTQ nominee in my my book for the head of the fucking like uh, you know the guy at the seat of the table. Why isn't Rob Halford the fucking gay icon? Why isn't he a gay icon? That dude literally made that entire band of all straight men dress like S&M gay guys. And that became the look of metal. That became the look. That's what was cool and tough in metal was the gay S&M club scenes that fucking Rob Halford was hanging out. And he convinced the other four guys to dress up like it too. And guess what? It looks badass. But it was gay as hell. Gay. It was gay as hell. So, like, uh, I don't know why he's not a gay icon. And he is always saying off-the-wall gay shit. It's fucking awesome. Why isn't it? Why isn't Rob Halford the, the face of, uh, of being gay? Huh? Are we, the, are we two qualified people to talk about this? I don't think so. Okay, well, then let's move on. All right, so, uh, for me, my number one, and I, it was between two guys, um... I was, it was gonna, it was between these two just because, like, you know, but I'm not, it was gonna be Jerry Cantrell. He was gonna be my number one because for me, like, not only is, like, for the band Alice in Chains, not only was he such a huge sound vocally and with guitar, like, his guitar, it's just like, the things that that guy does, I'm always impressed by one band, like in a band, they are one man guitarists. They have one guitar player, and that one guitar player does more by himself than two or three piece bands with three, like, or two or three man guitar bands do together collectively. That, like, Jerry Cantrell, like, has, like, his tuning's cool. It's, like, it's all down. He tunes down. Like, I think he's, like, tunes flat, I'm pretty sure. And, like, all grunge bands, basically. But, like, he also, like, tuning flat with a foot pedal, like, that fucking, that's fucking cool as shit. But, like, the things that, like, how, the kind of sound that he omitted, like, just alone was incredible. And, like, he was definitely the sound to me behind, besides Lane Staley's uh, way of vocalizing pain and emotion, Jerry Cantrell was the sound of the music. Now... He's not my number one because this guy, for me, had another guitar player in the band that literally gets all of the credit and all of the shine, always has, and probably always will. And while I'm not here to dispute whether or not this guy's better than this other said guitar player, I'm here to say that he had to fill some pretty big fucking shoes. And not only did he do that, he kept it together until, you know, the band pretty much all died besides him. I think he's one of the only living members. Dickie fucking Betts from the Allman Brothers, it, to me, is the most underrated guitar player ever. He lived in the shadow of Dwayne for two albums. Never got any credit. Dad, if you think about all the crazy Here. guitar... if it, Dwayne... What? Everybody knows who fucking Dickie Betts is, man. If you know music, if you know anything about Southern Rock... Anything about blues, anything about... You know who fucking Dickie Betts is. Come on. I don't know. I don't hear a lot of people bring him up as far as, like, saying something. I'm saying he is one of the best guitar players I've ever listened to. And you're right as far as, like, being able to uh, incorporate that blues and that southern rock style. He's one of the best ever. And he also was a huge... Like, I'm just saying, like, that. 
Okay, like if you ask a hundred people, how many of them would say who's better, Greg or Dicky? Who do you think they would say? Just even if they don't know the band well, they're gonna say they're gonna say Greg Allman. Dwayne. Dwayne. Oh, I mean Dwayne. I'm sorry, Dwayne. <laughs> Dwayne. Greg Allman's better than Dicky Betts. Greg Allman's better. <laughs> no, but Dwayne Allman. But here's the thing: he played slide. Dicky did everything else: rhythm, leads. That weren't slide? Like, Dwayne was one his top five, three slide guitarists ever. But Dickie did everything else. And when Dwayne died, Eat a Peach and Brothers and Sisters, that's Dickie. Those are Dickie Betts' albums. Those are his. And he literally, he just, like, he was able to keep that band going. And, like, because, you know, Greg probably was, he was going through a lot. He was banging Cher. He was doing Mountains of Blow. He ratted on his drug dealer to get out of doing prison. Did you know that? Oh man, what a, what a fucking what a fucking pussy. Yeah, uh, well, Cher apparently convinced Greg Allman, like, because they got caught with a bunch of blow, and uh, this is an interesting story. Um, he got caught with a bunch of blow, and like the cops were like, "Oh, we're gonna put you in prison," and Cher was all like, "Like, you know, well, just tell him," like, because they, they were wanting him to give up this, the dealer because, like, obviously Greg Allman's got the number of a pretty high-ranking uh, drug dealer to get a lot of blow. So they're like, we'll, we'll get, let you go if you give us up who you get all your shit from. So apparently Greg and Cher flipped on their dealer, and the cops went and busted him. That guy did, like, life in prison because of how much shit he had. And that caused the remaining members of the Almond Brothers to fucking hit the road for, like, an album or two in the early 80s. And it was Greg Almond. It was just Greg with a bunch of other guys until the other guys came back. Because they were all like, fuck you, dude. How do we know we can trust you? Because they were all doing blow and drugs and shit. And they're like, well, we can't trust you. And none of them like Cher either. So, like, uh, Greg... Oh, I heard you were a fucking bitch. But, you know, whatever. I, I don't know personally, so... Yeah, I heard, you know, she looked great. You know, I'll say that. She's a, I've always thought she was a handsome lady. But, uh, but I guess you can't... Yeah. You know, if don't, don't sell her drugs, though. If you're out there and you're a drug dealer, do not sell Cher or Greg... Well, Greg Allman's dead. But do not share, sell share. That's hard to say. Don't sell share <laughs> do drugs. Don't sell drugs. Do not sell share drugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, PSA. Do not sell share drugs because she'll fucking wrap you out. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. When I heard that about Greg Allman, because that was in the middle of my Greg, my Allman Brothers phase. Whenever that was all I was listening to. Whenever I heard that, I was like, "What a fucking rap bastard!" I don't know if I can trust him. But then you know, what are you gonna do? He died. So. uh... And, you know, apparently he was able to gain the trust of the other guys back because they all got back together. And honestly, the second version of the Allman Brothers in the early, like the late 80s, early 90s, when Warren Hayes, who's a criminally underrated guitar player, I could have said him also, from Government Mule. Huh? Oh, oh yeah. I, I couldn't hear what you said, but yeah, yeah. Warren Hayes from, like, Government Mule, and he also basically came in and did all the Dwayne Allman shit with the Allman Brothers, but also... He adds so much because he's a great singer, and uh, he does so much other than slide and shit too. So he's he's fucking underrated as hell too. I think he's under. I think people never talk about him because he's not that great looking of a guy. And in the music industry, you gotta be a little handsome. That's why John Mayer gets a lot of credit, which you know some say he deserves. But uh, anyway, real quick, Dad, uh, we don't have to. You know, do you have a top, a quick top five overrated guitar players? No, no, I really, I really, I'd rather talk about it. I, I don't want to go quickly into it because you and I are gonna butt heads. So, uh, all right, well then, fuck it, let's do it. All right, who do you got? Tell me. I, I can't compile five right now. I, I have two right now. 
Okay, fine. We'll do we'll do a couple. I got a couple in mind also. You 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 tell me yours. Okay, my first one's John Bonamassa. Uh, that's crazy. Okay, so whoa, whoa, whoa. When you say overrated, are you say are you denying he's not talented? No, I'm not. I'm not denying that at all. But I mean, anybody who's a professional is talented. So what are you basing right? this off of? I'm based on the, the infomercials, the free concerts, the this, the that, the supergroups, the playing. He's not that. He's not that. He's not that great. Not once. Not once in my whole time listening to him. In any band, or in in the in the Black Stone Black Country Communion band, or by himself, or in his free videos, whatever. Like I've never, ever once wanted to watch him live, or go watch him, or go, actually literally go watch him live. His ticket prices are crazy. Yeah, see, fuck that. You know what? I'll say you this: know, he's, he's obviously he's like this. He's a cookie cutter guy. He's got the talent. Yeah, he, there's no soul in his music. That's and there, there that's you what go. I was gonna say. I you know I agree with that. I I think if I'm purely basing it off guitar skill, he's probably the Steve Vai of blues music. But it's all talent, no fucking heart. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm not denying the guy. I'm sure he has a passion for what he does, but it doesn't sound like it. It just sounds like he's trying to play it as perfectly as possible. Which, uh, you know, I, which I can agree. I Now, I've never listened to him, and, like, I can still, I still believe I can name a lot of guys that are better blues guitar players alone than him. Like, uh, I don't think he's better than fucking Stevie Ray Vaughan as a blues guitar player. I don't think he's better. Stevie, see, Joe Bonamassa is Stevie Ray Vaughan if Stevie Ray Vaughan didn't give a fuck about the music he was playing. He was just trying to be technical and perfect. If that makes sense. Now I'm not going off his sound because Stevie's got his own sound. I'm saying Stevie Ray Vaughan though, he'll fucking just do a he'll do a pitch harm he'll just do a, a pitch or a fucking uh, a bend for t- for a minute straight. He'll do that for a two minute straight, and you'll feel more in those two minutes than a three hour Joe Bonamassa concert. You know what I mean? That's all I'm saying. So I agree with you. I think that's a great that's a good pick because like. In a way, I do. I agree. He is. He is a little overrated. Um, uh, one here's one for me. Uh, I have never once in my life listened like, and I've tried to get into him over and over again. And I, I've there's a there's probably a little under ten songs I can say I like by this band, but I always see how high he is on lists. It always pisses me off. Um, <laughs> Keith fucking not Keith Moon, sorry. Pete fucking Townsend isn't oh, a yeah. top one hundred and five guitar player ever. I can easily oh, yeah. name. I don't give a like. You can't even lean on influence. You can't lean on influence because what? Who the fuck did he influence other than to act like a total goofball on fucking stage? That's all he did. That's what he was the first person to slam a guitar on stage. So when you're the first one to do something, that's the only time it's significant. Now if you slam a guitar on stage, you look like a jack off or a jerk off. So Oh man, that was a great one. <laughs> and look, Pete Townsend and also who wants to, who willingly does years and years of study on pedophiles and why they like to molest children. Fucking learn how to play guitar better. That's what I say. So that's my fucking overrated guitar player, Pete Townsend. So, uh, who do you, what's your other one? 
Um, but you know who the other one is. Come on. You better not fucking say Michael Shanker. <laughs> you know it's Michael Shanker. Based on what? How is he overrated when he never gets any credit at all? Because you love him. That's why. And you have overrated his ass. I just, I, you know, I... Well, you know what? I, you know, it's, oh, so this is personal uh, bias. You know okay, look, 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 look. I, I just like fucking with you on that one because I cannot stand the singer for fucking uh, for them. It's not I that bad. And the the production on on all their shit, it's like it's it's all it's all uh like not neutral, but it's all on the same. There's no the bass isn't higher than the treble. It's all that fucking equal bullshit. I don't like that. I don't like the guitar to TikTok and the bass is. I don't like that. I don't like his sound. I don't like his sound. I'm sorry. I don't like his sound. Maybe, maybe if uh, if, uh, if if he used more distortion or a different amp setup, maybe I don't know. But I don't like it. I don't like this. I don't like it. So I don't like it. We don't like everything that that we that each other like. You will. You are. You played a UFO song the other day. On so? purpose. On purpose. For you. Yeah, whatever. I didn't ask you to. Anyway. I know you didn't. I know you didn't. I was going to be nice. Okay. Oh, buddy. Let's really, let's really, let's really get it going. Okay. Why don't you name, why don't you name the, the band that I listen to that you're like, what the fuck does he listen to them for? I cannot Ghost. stand them. Ghost. Easy. Ghost. <laughs> Easy. I don't even have to think about it. I, I sometimes I sit there and I've tried to get in the ghost. And I'll sit there and be like, is my dad fucking retarded? <laughs> I was like, he's sitting there listening to this fucking band for fucking hours. Headbanging, thinking it's good and it's shit. You're literally listening to shit. And you know what? I don't want to disparage ghost fans out there because <laughs> we just got crashed. here. Trevor just crashed the podcast, but no, Ghost. It's easy. Ghost is is easily the band that like you spend a lot of time listening to. Where I'm just like, what the fuck? It's normally I'm like, yeah, you know, Dad's got good taste, but you, you're much more open to new stuff than I am. So every once in a while, you'll send you'll send some shit my way, and I'm like, oh, that's different. <laughs> but like, yeah. but Ghost, I and I'm not saying I think they suck because that's a big thing for me. I just don't like it because like. You look at them image. You look at the imagery. They look like that's fucking. Not, that's not the music. That's not the music. That's not the music. Okay, so you what? See, I hate when you do that. I hate that. Oh, so you you're gonna look like a satanic metal band and then you're gonna fucking look like a satanic metal band and then sound like Bon Jovi? That's fucking stupid. If I was blind, I, who gives a fuck? I wouldn't give a fuck what they look like. Yeah, and it's alright. This is, I just think there's better music to listen. Wait, spin it. No, it's just, I think Ghost, whenever you, if you look at Ghost, let's say you're a hardcore metal fan, and I'm going to break it down for me. This is why I feel the way I do. If you're a metal fan, and you always have been, and you've never even heard of Ghost, you've never seen what they look like, you've never listened to a song, you've never even heard one, you didn't know who they were. If you looked at them, which is how most people nowadays Start with bands they've never listened to. You look at what they look like due to the art if they're on the album, or you just see what they. If you look at them, you're like, holy shit! These guys look like they should be opening 
for enslaved and behemoth and fucking uh, emperor and dark throne. And then you fucking put it on and it sounds like fucking... It's just so wimpy. It's like... It's like... They were the perfect band to own up for Iron Maiden. They were perfect. I loved it. Well, you know, I've got... (laughs) Well, you know, I've got my... I love Iron Maiden, but, like, they've also... Some of their shit's a little too much. 11 minutes of an Iron Maiden song's a little too much for me, I gotta say. Oh, but you you, you listen to the uh, long-ass Almond Brothers shit. Fuck you, jam band? Yeah. Listening to Dickie Betts solo for six minutes straight? That's awesome. It's not him going, and I jumped over the sun, and I ran. It's just, it's too much sometimes. They're so badass that they got three fucking lead guitar players. That wasn't a bad Bruce Dickinson impression, though, was it? <laughs> no, no. Okay, uh, but. I, I, wish, I wish you would have got higher, like, ah! like <laughs> I'm not going to do that on the podcast. It's loud as fuck. But um, <laughs> but no. Uh, what's one band that I listen to a lot? And you can't say UFO because I do not listen to them a lot. I listen to Michael Shaker. I listen to the Michael Shaker group. I listen to Love Drive. I listen to his shit in UFO. I like Michael Shaker. I never said I like Phil Mogg and fucking all the other guys. I like him. Also, Cozy Pal drummed in UFO. He's a bad motherfucker. <laughs> oh man oh man Uf- well yeah definitely UFO I don't listen <laughs> yeah. to them a lot though I'm talking about a band that like you hear me listening to and you're just like damn why does he listen to them so much I you know what it used to be the Rolling Stones until until you turn me so uh oh yeah it's fun to I, listen I, to them I really don't know because you um don't like you you won't listen to a, a full a full uh, catalog of somebody. You you switch you flip all the time, so it's kind of hard to to hate. Yeah, I don't. I don't I mean, honestly. I don't get like uh, like sometimes like with the Rolling Stones, I'll go into a phase where that's all I listen to. But with them, their catalog is so vast, and like they have so much different shit, and like it all sounds different. That's easy. But like, I don't usually like. Like, back in the day, like, when I was listening... Like, if I when I was in my Black Sabbath phase with Ozzy, that's all I fucking listened to. All day, every day. Nowadays, it's more like, I like to find shit that I haven't listened to more than I like to listen to stuff I've listened to a lot. You know what I mean? Like, of course, there's songs... Like, I love on my Apple phone, the uh, uh, radio station that it creates for you. Because it'll play stuff that I've never heard... Or it'll play stuff that I heard when I was younger and I couldn't remember what it was. But I love that shit because I love finding stuff that I haven't listened to before and listened to. And also, I I like, like I went through a big new wave phase in the summer. Like, I literally lived my dad's early life, you know, because you had to start listening to new wave to get, to get chicks to like you because you can't talk to a girl about Judas Priest because they're going to tell you to get the fuck away from them. So you had to tell them you like fucking flock of seagulls so that they might let you touch them, you know what I'm saying? That's bullshit. <laughs> I don't know what it. You have no idea what it was like growing up in the eighties. <laughs> bullshit. No, no, no. Uh, the no. You're telling me that you didn't li- You didn't have to adapt to a kind of music that you liked a lot. Uh, you kind of liked, but you knew that it, you could listen to it around girls and they would like it. You're telling me you didn't do that with any kind of music. You were like, oh, you don't like Slayer? Well, fuck you, bitch. That's what it was. No. 
No, I'd never do that. So you're like, oh, you girls like the cars? I'm a big cars fan. You know, I've got a big music catalog. Like, you wouldn't do shit like that? Hey, dum dum. The cars were, like, big back then. Well, I know. Everybody loves the car. Well, I also forget that you weren't, like, 18 until 1988. So it was more like, you know... The cars came out in the late 70s, early 80s. You would have been a little kid. So, I mean, I guess you wouldn't have... I'm telling you, dude, literally. It was the fucking... The flock of seagulls and uh, Thomas Dolby bullshit. And I just... Man. Men at work. I mean, all that all that bullshit is what I listened to, really. I mean... And then on the rock and roll station, it was like Fleetwood Mac, you know? And, uh... You know what's crazy about... Uh, I'm glad you brought them up. And we'll, we'll talk about this and close it off because Trevor got here. We gotta get ready for the war room, everybody. Make sure you listen to the war room. But anyway, you didn't know that there was a Fleetwood Mac before Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks. Is that true? You didn't know that before I showed you it. No, I didn't know. I didn't know that. You did? I did not. Oh, okay. That will, okay. And... And how much better is Peter Green led Fleetwood Mac than Lindsey Buckingham? Come on, be honest. It's so much better, isn't it? Look, of course. I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. Stevie Nicks, uh, Lindsey Buckingham, uh, Mick Fleetwood, and the other that other that other. Hey, uh, Mick Fleetwood uh, was in that band with Peter Green. He started it. It's his band, so, and he's a good drummer. I'm not going to put him in there. No, I'm, I'm not. No, yeah, no. I, he's pretty cool. You know, he's six foot six. Uh, the other chick, the other blonde, the other the blonde bimbo that they had with them too. The other one, the one that just died. I think her name's like Christine or something. It's uh, McVie, yeah, Christine McVie, yeah. Uh, she was pretty good. I, I liked her. I liked her too. In fact, I'm listening to the song in my mind. But, uh, when the loving stops and the lights go down, there's no <laughs> You know what favorite song of mine is by her? Like that Christine sang was. Uh, uh, you make love and fun. Do you believe in miracles? When I'm beginning to start to try. Nick is a fucking enigma. She's the she's just the shit. But you know that Fleetwood Mac. It was a little poppy. It was poppy. But when you listen to Peter Green and Mick Fleetwood led Fleetwood Mac, they're a dirty blues rock band. Yeah. Gray Mare. Oh my god, dude. No, nah, they're it's a completely different band. Like and the reason being Peter Green fucking did a lot of acid and he joined the Children of God or or something or he hung out with the Manson. He he got into fucking like group spirituality which uh, he joined a couple cults and uh kind of and he did a lot of acid and it drove him crazy. And he kind of went into, like, he's one of Kirk Hammett's favorite guitar players. And I don't know if you I think I told you this story, but I'm going to tell it for the podcast for anybody that didn't know. Kirk Hammett has a green guitar that belonged to Peter Green at one point. And uh, Peter Green hadn't played guitar in years because, like, like I said, he kind of, like, once he went crazy, he kind of, you know, didn't play music anymore. It wasn't like he bounced back and did a comeback tour or whatever. He just kind of lived in seclusion in Scotland or something. And um, Kirk Hammett, like a couple weeks before Peter Green passed away, because I think he had like Alzheimer's or something. Um, this was like in 2017 or something, I think is when he passed. And uh, Kirk Hammett had bought the, uh, Peter Green's guitar years ago, and he only uses it for studio recordings because it's one of his favorites because it's Peter Green's, and Peter Green was one of his favorite guitar players. And um, he brought it to Peter Green's mansion 
and showed it to him, and Peter Green actually recognized the guitar, even though he has fucking crippling Alzheimer's or whatever. And I hope I'm telling the story correctly, but I know that that part is true, that he showed him the guitar that was his at one point, and he recognized it and actually knew it. Can I play it? my guitar. Well, what if he, like, because of the Alzheimer, he thinks he, like, got, he, like, that guy, he stole it from him, and he starts getting violent. Oh, yeah. I get tired, you Filipino boy. <laughs> I don't know what Kirk Hammond is, but neither neither did Peter Green in my vision. Like he just oh, called him Philip. Definitely wouldn't know what the hell he is. And you, and you look at his, uh, if you look at Kirk Hammond's like high school picture, then you definitely don't can't tell if he's a man or a woman. Hey, fun fact: Did you know? That uh, Kirk Hammett was Les Claypool's weed dealer in high school. Did you know that? I did not know that, but I just want to make one thing very fucking clear. The statement that I just made about whether you didn't know whether it was a male or female has no bearing on the fucking how good he is as a guitar player. I just want everybody to know that on the podcast. <laughs> I don't sell hate when I come on the people's podcast, okay? so Fuck no. It's all about love here, and... And Kirk Hammett's a bad motherfucker. Look, he he oh, know yeah. he's a bit androgynous. He's an androgynous metal guy. He paints his fingernails. He's got the eyeliner. He he still you know he fucking he wears pink shoes. He's got you know he's got it all. He's great. Kirk fucking Hammett. Listen, I don't give a fuck what you like to suck when it comes to rock and roll, man. I don't give a fuck. You do what you want, man. You just get up there and you lay it down. I never once, before I started listening to a band, was like, I hope none of these guys are gay, because I'm not going to listen to it if that's the case. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, I had, uh, you know, this is going to really embarrass embarrass me, and probably like you're going to be like, no, yeah, I don't believe. Yes, that I, I have fallen into uh, peer pressure before, and um, I actually did not like bands because... Um, you know, they were like, oh, I'll, I'll tell you one right now. Uh, and, and it was, uh, it's one that I, I fucking love. I told you that they're a, uh, um, a better band than, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, but then, of course, they don't have, they don't have Mr. Flea. Everyone else is better. Um, you know who I'm talking about? Incubus? Well, wait a minute. You're crazy if you're telling me their guitar player is better than John Frusciante. He's not better. Listen to him. Listen. Don't no, I love Incubus. I've loved Incubus longer than since your fucking uh, recent, uh, uh, what's it called, rebirth as an Incubus fan. I've always liked Incubus. He's a- I have, I've, I've, you know, you've started talking shit before I had a chance to finish my statement. I have been, loved them ever since I heard them, but I've been I have I've had to like Oh pretend like you keep, didn't. Exactly. Oh little fuck fag, you know didn't it? that corn yeah. Someone but, told me that Jonathan Gibbons was uh was uh, was gay and I was like, Oh, they suck then and you know what? He's not even gay and it, and it doesn't even matter if he was. It doesn't so, did you know Rob Halford was gay? Of course. Did it matter or did you stop listening to him? Oh, I loved it. I love him. Okay, well then, see, look, live, let's listen here, podcast listeners, because Dad doesn't obviously doesn't think that way anymore because it's no way to live as a music fan. I refuse to let the views or the fucking uh, whatever, unless like somebody's just out of their fucking mind and it's more about their views and the music. But for me, 
Like, that shit does not matter at all. And, like, also, I, I don't give a fuck about that in, like, in, in any aspect of life. It doesn't matter. But, like, uh, it's just crazy to think that people will, like, hinder themselves from so much music because of their, like, you know, pre their, their, uh, pre-assumed judgment of it, like, you know, just by the way a band looks. I, I, like, because here's the thing, I was the same way, uh, five, ten years ago, I never would have listened to Flock of Seagulls just because the way they look. I tell you what, right now, I listen to Iran so far away almost every morning on the way to work, crank that fucking shit up, and I get lost in it. Their, their music is really good. I love David Bowie. I mean, fuck, Mick Jagger, I mean... Yeah, and, and honestly... Like, but you know what's funny? Hair metal guys never did that to me. They never made me go, oh, why are they dressed like girls? That never bothered me. But if I had found out that they were gay, I might have been like, oh. It's just, I I refuse to let anything hold me back from listening to music. Especially, like, like if to do that, you kind of have to turn your own judgmental ways off. And just be like, who gives a fuck? Like, dude, like, look, if, like, I, you know how many people won't listen to the band uh, Dead or Alive? Because of the way they look. And don't get me wrong. They look fucking crazy. They look like a bunch of crazy, messed up drag queens. But I tell you what right now. Their music is fucking awesome. And I've got... And, and honestly, a lot of those bands with the electro-pop, rock, synth, new wave shit. They all look like fucking... Like, underground, dick-sucking vampires. But I don't got no problem with that. That's just... <laughs> Androgynous, you know what I mean? That's just what they look like. They look like they'll suck your dick for free. There's no problem. And there's nothing wrong with that. I, I'm just I'm just putting it out there. That's just what they look like. And, there's, and that's cool. And usually you can tell what kind of music they're going to play from it. But you know how many people won't listen to that because of the way they look? It's kind of like how a lot of people that are only into hip-hop, they look at a guy in fucking blue jeans and a paisley shirt and cowboy in a cowboy hat and they're like i'm not listening to this racist crack ass motherfucker i'm not listening to this fucking guy and you know why that is maybe because they were beat up by a guy that looked just like that but they never heard his singing voice so they never gave him a chance you know what i'm saying <laughs> or, or maybe maybe they're just used to that to that guy and the guys that look like him calling him the n-word their whole fucking life maybe, yeah, no i know that's I what i'm know. saying i'm saying maybe it's because you know every yeah. everybody that's ever looked like that around them was saying or doing some fucked up shit but obviously that isn't always the case because i'm sure a lot of those country singers are really nice guys you know but uh I actually think it's a bad stigma to say all country singers are racist and this and that because, you know... Oh, my God. I mean, stop. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> we, we, we're not, I'm not promoting... I'm not standing behind any promotion of, of age or... Uh, no, I'm saying or, I don't think you should say... Or unless you're just agreeing with me that you shouldn't say all country singers are racist because I don't think it's true. It's just I do think it's a funny joke because, like, listen, whenever you think of racism in music, what what, what genre do you immediately think of? Come on, be honest country music when you hear stonewall jackson sing wash my hands in bloody water or muddy water that sounds like he's gonna fuck he's got hounds coming after you because you tried to escape his plantation that's what that shit sounds like it's great but like that's the vibe if you were getting you know if a bunch of confederates were chasing you what kind of music would be playing fucking country music I mean, I mean, I think just like oh, like bluegrass, really, the fiddle and fucking Charlie Daniels. Charlie Daniels, that's some of the most shit kicking, fucking hooting and hollering music I've ever heard in my life. It's great. No, I didn't. I mean, that's the, that is the uh, the most Confederate flag waving. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> it really oh, is. Man. It really, it's almost unsettling. Because, like, I'm not down with the Confederacy because they kind of tried to overrun America, but, you know. But, like, all those fucking, like, the Confederate Railroad, I don't like that band name. <laughs> I hate that no. band name. Now, I will say, and this might be controversial to say, but I don't see what's wrong with including the word Dixie in anything. I don't understand. Because if people are from the South, that's just a thing there. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, obviously... It's got, it's like, you could, but you could say that about the South. You could just say being from Mississippi's racist because they were part of the Confederacy. You know what I mean? Like, you just say, yeah. I'm from Dixieland. And like, you immediately, like, you just scream the N-word in a shopping mall. Right, right. But, also, for people out there, uh, if you want to check out a really cool band, and this is so off the wall, but it includes the name, check out Dixie Dregs. Badass fucking band, Steve Morse, who uh, played guitar in Deep Purple and I think in Yes. He's just kind of floated around and played a lot of different... He's one of those kind of guys. He His band was Dixie Dregs. Bad fucking badass. Check him out. Dad, you ever listen to him? What are they called? Dixie Dregs. Oh, I don't think so. They're really good. Uh, do you know who Steve Morse is? M-O-R-S-E, Morse. Yes. Yeah, well, he was in that band. Really good. They got some good shit. But, uh, but anyway, uh, look, so, uh, probably gonna okay, call well, it a... I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, if you're gonna do that and, and drop a dime on some, on some commercial for, for your, uh, your band to listen to, then I'm gonna tell the, the fans out there, listen, listen to a band called Catatonia. They're from Sweden. Uh, they're, it's like, I hate to say it. I hate to say it because it's going to give everybody the wrong impression. They're progressive heavy metal, but it's really freaking good. They are good. They are good. They're they're really good. And, and also, they're a metal band from Sweden. You can't go wrong with metal bands from Sweden. I've seen only two in my life, and they're both fantastic. You yes. two have to... Dad, tell these people before we go how fucking awesome it was. You, Whenever you tell people you saw Meshuggah, it's like telling them to suck your dick and go get out of your face. Because, like, they can't say anything over that. They can't be like, oh, yeah, well, You know, they'd have to talk a lot. I saw Led Zeppelin. I saw fucking, uh... I don't know. I don't know. I heard one the other day that kind of blew my mind. But first, tell them, Dad. Tell them about the Meshuggah concert. We never really talked about that on the podcast. Meshuggah, I mean, it was bad. I mean... Of course, badass. Absolutely, it was it was sonic. That's what, uh, it, was, it was a sonic. Um, it was wow. And then watching that, getting to watch Thomas Hawk. Uh, well, I mean, like, was know. it everything you thought it would be? Like, did it live up to all those years of never? No, no it looked actually a lot better because every time anybody except for Drake <laughs> that said that they've seen them, you know, uh, which I. I I gotta be honest. I, I, it's, a, it's something to talk about later. I don't know about Drake watching Drake and uh, and Vaughn watching a, a whole uh, Meshuga concert if they they couldn't even stand um, uh, Zach Sabbath. I, I just don't. I, I, don't I don't know. <laughs> oh, getting called out. I don't know. I, I don't know. But I, but but I mean whatever. But but except from them, everybody else I've heard from Meshuga that it's like the sound is shitty. Because the, they are they're so tuned so low and they're all you know and, and oh well they, I, well like based off I what we saw great. yeah the based off what we saw 
It sounded better than the album. The son- oh, oh, yeah. Sonically, it was so fucking good. The singer, I don't know how he does that so on fucking key. You know, it's incredible. But like, oh, yeah. uh, one of Cam's friends told us the other day that her and her mom saw the police during that 2007-2008 re- reunion tour. And I've honestly almost, I don't know if I've been more jealous in a long time of someone getting to see a show. Because that was the last time the police got together. And that was 15 years ago. Yeah, and the ticket was probably $300, too. I, I'd pay that right now to go see him. Oh, Sting's a real douche, man. Yeah, but you know, know what? Andy and Stu are cool. What about the other two? <laughs> no, but I like Sting. That's the whole thing. <laughs> a, you know what? He's a fucking famous musician, and he's got a one-word name. What do you think? It's like, just put right. him on the stage... Don't let him share his opinions or what he thinks about poor people. Just let him fucking play the music that everybody wants to fucking hear. But anyway, Dad, uh, we're going to have to wrap this podcast up. We're running a little late. I'm getting the uh, the red light from the producer. So uh, thank you for uh, joining me tonight. Uh, Okay, well, I'm about to do my new catchphrase. Go ahead. All right, go ahead and give it to me. Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) It's not it. That was L.A. Knight's... I don't have a catchphrase. No. Except, I don't care who you're fucking, as long as it ain't me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll end it on that, Dad. Thank you so much. Uh, we will see you next right. week for another Top 5. That's right, man. Have a good have a good night. Love you. See you all later. Love you too, Dad. We'll see you. Love you. Bye. Alright, bye. Alright, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Arca Rock Top 5 Edition. We will see you next week with another Top 5.